Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Heavenly Father, this morning we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the living word in this place. This is the time of the Pentecost, but this is a significant one, this one here, this day, and even this week to follow, even up to next Sunday will be of significance in both the kingdom of God and in this world. Therefore, teach your people the prophetic word that applies to this day and hour. We pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge, all spiritual understanding and wisdom to be imparted to the people. We thank you that understanding comes, for wisdom and knowledge is the stability of our times, as the prophet Isaiah wrote. And we know also that your people perish through a lack of knowledge. So therefore, build us up in the knowledge of the Word, in all understanding and wisdom, and insight and foresight, with wisdom to unravel like the sons of Issachar that were able to understand what is going on in the times they're living in. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a praise. I'll forgive everybody right now. Amen. You may all take your seats and... Um, I have really looked forward to this weekend with you, and next week we will continue on a night, a night of the glory of God in this place like we've never had it before, with tonight, Pentecost night, as you know what's coming, but next Sunday night will be yet another extreme highlight, and I'm planning big things for next Sunday night that you'll be informed of in the course of the week. Right. We are going to, I'm going to take you on a story just to save some time because there are a lot of things to say this morning, half of which is all about Pentecost and what is on the inside of us now with Pentecost. And the other half is we've received this power, now what? What for? When and where to? So stay with me now. And I'm glad to get the platform at exactly 8.30. So here we go. I want you to go with me on a journey to the mountain. One of my heroes of the Bible, the Lord, of course, himself is always one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Excuse me a second, my throat. Let me say that on the recording. One of my greatest heroes of the Bible is the prophet Elijah. The Bible says that Elijah was preparing the way of the Lord. We know also that he has a prophetic significance because as it is, the Bible even tells us that in the book of Revelation chapter number 11, he reappears as one of the two witnesses of Revelation. And we know that there's a big battle that then will again happen because there is a time in which the world will go into the Armageddon, which is not very far away. So Elijah is a significant person. We know that this very powerful figure that grabs the attention of one and all, this man, Elijah, was now going through the desert 40 days, 40 nights, 
without drinking or eating. And God sustains him with angel food before he takes the journey, goes out to the mountain. He goes to the mountain of God, Mount Horeb, in the wilderness. We were there also. And there at the bottom of the Mount Horeb, in, Mount, in the area of the, the Sinai Desert, there we see at the bottom, we see the, 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 the monastery there of Santa Catarina, which is the place where there's also the burning bush. Apparently, I've seen it. It's a bush that just lives on. It's been there forever, as far as mankind is remember, uh, that we know of, it's documented, it's been living there. That sp specific bush by a well, the well of Moses. But moreover, on the other side, just round the other side of the mountain, there is a cave. There's some cypress trees there the last time I was there. And the, this cave was where Elijah the prophet went in, having completed his journey as God sent him out there to the mountain of God. Now, having said all of that, um, Elijah now goes, he's, he's concluded his journey, and it's like, you know, with the case of Jesus in Matthew chapter before, where he says that in the Bible, it says, now, after 40 days, 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. The word afterwards is very interesting because if you fast 40 days, then after the 40 days, that's when the hunger returns. Because during a long fast, you don't really feel that you're hungry, but it just disappears. Hunger disappears from about between the fourth and the eighth day, and you're no more hungry. Point is that Elijah finds himself there on that mountain, and um, the man is... Uh, is now there, he's got his cloak, his mantle on him, and uh, suddenly, suddenly, there came a mighty wind there. This strong wind that was so powerful that you know what, the Bible says the mountains were uncovered, the bottoms of the ocean, at the blast of your nostrils. This mighty wind that blew around that cave Sure. This, as the Bible tells you in the books of the Psalms elsewhere also tells you, it is the blast of the nostrils of an almighty God, the God of heaven and earth. He heard the wind and he stood there looking and he saw this completely terrifying wind. It was so powerful that the rocks started breaking up. Every rock around. It reminds me of the Holy Spirit coming powerfully upon the life of any person. We're looking for spiritual men, not, not just good preachers. Are you listening to me this morning? The time of the spiritual man is now. So that rock in our lives, the Bible says God looks at the contrite of heart. Those who are very humble in His sight. Contrite is the word. When the Lord looks down from heaven, the word contrite literally means crushed to powder. When rocks break and they go to smithereens, they, go to, they just split up like at the time that Jesus was crucified by the blast of the nostrils of the Creator. Can you think of the force that's involved there? Then shortly after that, there is a massive earthquake. There is a massive earthquake. Isn't it so that again, a shaking takes place in the lives of people. God comes in your life 
and the nice little wonderful things that people build up in their lives and say, this is for me. I've just got, you know, I've just got uh, this little stronghold and uh, this little pet sin and that little thing and I'm doing this and I'm bent on doing the wrong thing for a long time and I'm not focused on God at all. In fact, God is really the spare wheel of my life. God is there. But you know, it's like I'll be in church on a Sunday. Sometimes I feel like it and sometimes I don't feel like it. But God is not like that. When the wind of the Lord blows down on your soul, when the wind of the Lord is felt in your heart, the wind gives you instant direction. Are you listening to me? Now on the day of Pentecost, when they were all assembled in one place, there came a sound as of a mighty rushing wind. There's a wind back again. Oh, prepare the way of the Lord. Oh, prepare the way of the Lord. We are on it. That wind gives direction. They're pouring up to the upper room in Jerusalem. That's what these people are doing. They hear the sound of the rushing mighty wind. There is just shaking in the hearts of the people that go there. It breaks them down to pieces. So that afterwards they would say, Brethren, what must we do? Because they were cut to the heart. And Peter the apostle says, Repent! And let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord. You receive the power of the Holy Spirit just like all of us here. And be saved from this crooked, crooked and perverse generation. So on the mountain with Elijah, there's a shaking. God shakes your heart. God shook my heart. I wept like a child. I wept like I've never wept in public that day. The hardness, all the stubbornness, all the nonsense that I was doing in life, the frivolities, all the things I've done, the pursuits, gathering of stones and sticks and pieces of gold and silver and whatever the case may be, gone. There, right there, a cross fell in my heart. We don't play games on this pulpit. I certainly not. I'm a servant of God. That's what I am. Right behind the wind that gives direction, there comes another thing that happens. Fire follows. Because our God is a consuming fire. Are you listening to me? Give the Lord a praise offering, everybody. Fire follows like the menorah that's standing behind me. Instantly, the fire is burning. Now on the day of Pentecost, they all assembled in one place. Suddenly there was heard by them a noise as of a mighty rushing wind that filled the place where they were seated. And they all filled with the Holy Spirit because there appeared to them divided cloven tongues of fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Elijah on that day, I don't know whether it was morning, evening, night, middle of the night, whenever the case may be, but the wind blew and it drove him to the end of that cave and he could look out. And then the moment he saw that wind blowing, he saw the rocks breaking and a shaking. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. People are dying. People are going to hell. We see it everywhere. 
So, that having been said, there's the fire. Now, the prophet stands there. When that fire burns, he instantly reacts and he closes his face with his mantle. But his fire, his fire, God's Holy Spirit fire, burns right through that cloth, but does not consume it like the the burning bush on the other side of the mountain and said to be still alive. I've seen that too. Now, the most important of all comes. Then the Lord begins to speak to him in what is known as a still, small voice. And with this still, small voice, let me see if I can find that little word there for you. If you just give me a second on this one, because I do like to read it to you if necessary. I read it from the Hebrew, but okay, let's just leave that there. Save the time. Don't want to go around looking on a computer while I've got a word of the Lord right there in my heart and I'm bubbling over. Now the word says an oracle in my heart. The word oracle in in the Hebrew means a whisper, just a whisper. <laughs> Breaking rocks, he uncovers the foot of the mountains and the depths of the sea at the blast of his nostril. The rocks roll around and smash together and break up. Then comes the earthquake and then the fire. Now he's facing the fire of God. And then at the end of that fire, there's a whisper. What are? What are you doing here, Elijah? Little false Christian center people. The still small voice, so utterly cluttered and scrambled in a world that nobody can actually make. You know, to sit and watch this world news is like torture to me. To listen to any politician and his opinion of whatever, it doesn't matter, even here, overseas, anywhere, is like listening to something there, like, like muttering in from voices coming up from the darkness, for the Holy Spirit is not there. For the whole world lays in the sway of the evil one. But the king is coming. Give the Lord a praise offering, everybody. <laughs> By the way, Elijah is in 1 Kings 19. Don't worry about that. I had it here. But with that now, I want to talk about something else. I'm going to take you into the scripture. And I want to say to you that now God is on the inside of you, right? Right? So we go to Colossians chapter number 1 and verse number 24. The wind, the breaking up of the rocks, an earthquake, the fire. 
the voice. God blows you in his direction by the Holy Spirit, leads you to Christ. You come to church, you in church. Now after he's, he's done that, he brings the conviction of the fear of the Lord upon you. Everything around you seems uncertain. They're moving around. Life is moving around direction. But somehow or another, I find myself still going to church. I find myself still going to want to go on a Sunday. There's a Pentecostal church up the hill in Brixton in Johannesburg called Universitätsuch at the time. I just want to go to church. I know I just got to go to church. Got to go to church. Don't know why but a wind is blowing me I'm going to church I'm going to church oh Marty just wait you just take care of the children look after the children I'm going to go to church I'm going to go to church where's the car keys let's go I want to get to church I've got to go I have to go the wind is blowing a shaking comes people change their lives strongholds come crumbling down rocks are breaking hardness of heart is broken down give the Lord a praise offering there's got to be an impact. There's got to be an impact upon you. This is not just cheap Christianity of some sort and religiosity of some sort. This is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When He blows upon your soul, you get direction. When His fire falls, you lose interest in that all oh, the stuff that you're going to have to give up in any way that people so heartily strive for and step each other and over each other, climb over each other to get to the top or to fall down into a grave. Colossians 1, chapter 1, verse 24. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of His body, which is the church. of which I became a minister according to the stewardship. That word stewardship literally means, it means the management of the church that the Lord has given me to do. The management from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery which has been hidden, the mysterion, the mystery, the secret Secret thing which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed. That means to make known, to make plainly known to the world through the church of God, to his saints and through his saints to everybody else who will listen to the word of God. To them God will to make known, God willed, willed, to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ where? In you. Everybody say, Christ in me, my hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working which so mightily works in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Colossians chapter 2.10, a little bit further. And you, and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in Him. Everybody say, I am complete in Him. All right, we move on. Now, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. 
Now I'm getting to the second part here. I'm beginning on the second part. But first, before I do the second part, here you are. You're completing him. Get the story. Understand that. Listen to the tape a thousand times. I tell you now, listen very carefully to this because the king is coming. The time is at hand. The world is being shaken. Everything is changing. Ministers are talking about that. They talk about it around the world. But the Lord has given me a prophetic anointing to understand these things, to understand the times. Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the what? The wiles, the schemes, the methodia, the craftiness, all the various schemes of the devil. Stop there. So the devil is busy and he's got his demons and fallen angels. Fallen angels, one thing, demons, another thing. Some people don't know the difference, but it's true. He's got his armies out there. He's got his territorial spirits. Now, we are complete in him. And we are able to do all things. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20 tells us that he is do, able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all things that we ask or think that we do. He's able to do exceedingly above, exceedingly above all that we are able to think, do, according to the power of God that works on the inside of us, the power of God in us, the power of God in us, Pentecost, Pentecost. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Let's go back to that first verse. That's the one. That's the book of Ephesians 6, 10. Watch this. We always talk about these things without knowing these things, but I'm going to teach you something and show you a thing that will change your life. Listen to me now. Now, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Right? You'll receive what? Power. Everybody say power. Everybody say Pentecost. Right time of the year, right place. Here we are now. You'll receive power. And you'll be my witnesses. The power is to witness. The power is to be the salt of the earth. The power is to be the light of the world. It's a matter of use it or lose it. It's a matter of you go out there, you don't use it. God gives you an anointing. By the way, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where does Christ dwell? Everybody say, in me. I am complete in him. Say that. Now, being complete in him and Christ lives in me, it's a mystery. It's the glorious mystery, the hope of glory. Paul now says, finally, my brethren, you facing troubles, right? Be strong in the Lord. Everybody say strong. One word. In the Lord and in the power. Say power. And say might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong. Power. Might. Three different words in the Greek for power. People just talk about one thing. Always just talk about dunamis. They always just talk about dunamis. You know. And just, just like that. Well, you know what? I'm going to come to Pentecost. I'm just going to get some dunamis. I'm going to have to just, just get the power of God in my life and all of that. But I'm complete in Him. Christ lives in me. Do you know that the Son of God has made you a temple of the Holy Spirit and God dwells within you? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is He who is in you than He who is in this world. 
Do you know that? Right? Be strong and do no more. Actually, I should pronounce it correctly. And do no more. Oh. That's a word. It's like, uh, you know, when you have, it's the same word you, Jesus used on Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you should receive power. Dunamis. En dunamo, just a different application in the lemma of the Greek there. You get it there. So, first word, we quite kind of very much aware of, and everybody knows about it. They talk about it. They preach it for 2,000 years. Particularly in the Pentecostal church, they preach it. Right? Now, that means a miraculous ability that is within you. Once you have received the Holy Spirit, you've also received a miraculous ability to do exactly that which you cannot do if you did it by yourself or in your own strength. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above that which you wish or think because He's resident in you. And if you are in a relationship with you, my, stem, my voice is getting a little hoarse, but don't worry about that. If you just, yes, I yes, we don't. Yeah, they got some tea there for me. Um, Christ in you, the hope of glory. This places the Holy Spirit power, baptism upon you. And once you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you now have that, what Jesus spoke about, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So be strong in the Lord. There it is. And do no more. And do no more. Oh, it means literally receive then the ability to be strong and to be an achiever of those things which are of God in this planet. And in the power. Now the word power is the Greek word called kratos. It's the second word for power. Dynamis is number one. Kratos is number two. Kratos literally mean force, strength, of such a kind that the foundations of the earth can be moved. Of such a kind that he used it to create this creation that split the rocks, broke everything up that was resisting him and then spoke after the fire, say, Elijah, what are you doing here? But above that, I want you to hear what I'm saying from the Greek here. Above that, you need to know that that, that word there, kratos, means in the Greek, it means to be resident also in you. In other words, if you abide in him, then that power of him is resident in your life. Are you listening to me? Now, what's happening now? We're going to have to do this against the wiles of the devil, right? His force, his power, wherewith he could bind and loose and command the mountains to move right there on the inside of me and you. Right? Right? But the third Greek word comes up, and that is... Be strong in the Lord and in the word of his power. Let me read it exactly as it stands. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong and do no more in the Lord and in the 
power, kratos. And like you say in the Afrikaans language, krach, die krach van God. You cannot even measure that. Just look at the universe, you see that. Of his might, third word for, for power, ichthus in the Greek. The word ichthus, you get the one, you get the second one, and now with the third one, that dimension is that which causes you to rise up and now to deploy that power outward. Are you getting anything out of this? Give the Lord a praise offering everybody right now. So here I'm walking around, just little Christian me. I'm just walking around every day. I'm just a little Christian. I don't want any, like one man, he's now gone to be with the Lord. He's dead now. But uh, he used to say, you know, I just sit in the back of the church because, you know, I don't want to attract the devil's attention because, you know, I don't want any demons coming near me. I'm just sitting in church. I'm just taking a safe seat at the back and he would hide around just like Gideon and them there in the threshing floor of Gideon. And they were just hiding. And God says, Gideon, you mighty man of God. He didn't see himself with the ability that God had for him. Now I'm walking around every day. I'm going off to school. I'm going off to high school. I'm going off to university. I'm going off to my, my work. And, and you know, it's very intimidating. But some of these people are really bad. Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham, made this statement in this week. He said, in a major church conference, it seems like every demon of hell has been loosed upon society. Major, major situation. It hit the headlines in America. Might, the word might in the power of his might, that means the capability to function. I'm reading here from the BDAG Greek dictionary, literally the capability to function. So, I got miraculous ability. I got strength. Now I've got the capability to function. That's the power. There you have it, three in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I need all three to come against the wiles of the devil. Can you say amen? Give Jesus a praise offering in this place. Amen. All right. The capability to function. I don't want to stay there too long because I want to move on. Because I say, the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in power. And my speech, my reasoning, brethren, didn't come to you in the enticing words of human wisdom, but by the demonstration of the spirit of power, resident within me, I have all three those, dynamis, kratos, and ichthus. Can you say amen? Do you feel more than a conqueror this morning? Do you realize what God is saying to you through the spirit? Okay, so with that being said, he says in Psalm number 30, 70, 73, I'm sorry, and 2, Psalm 73 and 2. Let me get, take a little bit of this, a little bit better on the throat. I said to you, the second half, I'm going to now talk about why do you need? And dunam o, and dunam o, why do you need kratos and why do you need ichthos? Three Greek word, words for the same thing, power. 
applied differently in the Bible, different places according to the context. Right. In Psalm number 73, David says, Now listen to me very carefully before I read. I said to you, why? What for? How then? And for what reason will we receive power? Here at the end of the age, the church age, why then now? We are looking at a world of utter corruption. That's where we live. Like my son-in-law says, if you don't realize that, then you've got to be living in a cave of another kind. You don't know where you're going, groping around, trying to feel the walls. You don't know where you're going. But right now, everybody is in a state in this nation and the nations of the world that I will now speak. This goes international. This is not just for here. It's for everywhere. This is the word of the Lord now coming through. Now, I want you to see the corrupt world and all the corruption and what it does to people. And I want you to see a prophetic word from the Bible itself. Psalm 73. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the boastful, the boastful, the foolish people around me that know not God, obviously. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I'll try to read this without commentary because this is the word of the Lord, for sure. This is the word of the Lord. For there are no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. They're not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than heart could wish. They scoff and they speak wickedly concerning oppression. Yes, they speak loftily. They set their mouths against heavens, against the heavens, and their tongue walks through the earth. Therefore, his people return here, and waters of a cup are drained by them. And they say, how does God know? Many say, who's God? Many say, you know, we don't believe in that. Many say, anything straightforward, stupid. And they say, how does God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely, 
I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I've been plagued and chastened every morning. Just switch on that news and see where you go. I don't even look at it. Not in no form. I don't receive it. That for all day long I've been plagued and chastened every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Surely you have set them on slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation. That means, it's a word Shama, which means something which is horrible and dreadful, a horror. Oh, how they brought to desolation as in a moment. They are utterly consumed now with terrors. As a dream when one awakens, O oh Lord, so, Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. Can you say amen? You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel, and afterwards receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you, almighty God, my Lord. And there is none upon the earth that I desire and anything else besides you. Now, Psalm 83, 5 just tells you a little more. They have consulted together with one consult. They always consult, don't they? with one consent, and they form a confederacy that is like an agreement even against you, O Lord God, and the kingdom of God. They lift their face to heaven and they say, who is God? And in their foolishness, in the darkness of their hearts, they know not God, therefore they are nothing at all. Psalm 75 and 6 says, Psalm 75 and verse 6. Coming elections both here, United States, elsewhere, France, England, Germany. Take heed. You people who trust in the arm of flesh, you out there, you're trusting in the arm of flesh, I say to you today. For exaltation or promotion does neither come from the east nor from the west, nor from the south. 
but God is the judge also over South Africa. Now you might as well give the Lord a thank offering, praise offering, any kind of offering. Do a proper job, give the Lord a praise offering. Now notice what he says as we approach elections, as the world in America approach, approach elections, if you see those things going on and you see all the corruption in the land, I've spoken a word here to, to you and you can read what I've read today and you can go and read it, say, in the New Living Translation, the New Amplified Bible and so on and so forth, get a little bit more information because I cannot take every Hebrew word I can actually, but I, I, that'll take a long time. For exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. Listen, he puts down one and he exalts the other. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup and the wine is red. Revelation 14. If it is fully mixed, it pours out. Surely its dregs shall the wicked of the earth drink. Drain and drink down. He puts one down and he exalts the other. Second Kings chapter 23 and 13. Second Kings 23 verse 13. Then the king defiled. This is King Solomon. It's going to be about King Solomon. Defiled the high places which were east of Jerusalem, which were on the south of the Mount of Corruption. Notice the word, the Mount of Corruption. Which King Solomon, king of Israel, had built for Ashtoreth, an idol god. The abomination of Sidonians and for Chemos. Chemos, the abomination of the Moabites. And for Milcom. The abomination, the grivel. People just want to worship whatever they want to worship, right? Of the people of Ammon. Here you find east of Jerusalem a mountain that was known as the Mount of Corruption because there they had all these people that were perverted. They bowed down. They sold their children into slavery like in Tyrus and Sidon. They take the little Jewish boys and then they took them there as slaves and they sold them. And God says, so I will sell your children as sex slaves and traded with a mount of corruption there. Here you have the temple prostitutes, the male and female prostitutes. They bound down to all these idol gods. And the Bible says the, the, the things that the Gentiles worship, they are idols. What does that word idol mean? It means worthless. You take a piece of earth, you make clay out of the pottery, and you make a little statue, say, there's my God. And they say, no, no, I'm just going to bow down to this thing here. In the meantime, demon there. And the demon is chittering and chattering and going on sorts of, all sorts of nonsensical things. People say, I've got myself a nice little, little idol. Yeah, here's my little idol. Carry it under the saddle wherever I go. This is going to be my thing. I'm going to worship this thing, right? It makes me think of inanimate and animate. Inanimate and the second law of thermodynamics. It makes me think of all things are in a process. That worthlessness is a thing there. 
Matthäotis used in um, uh, Romans chapter 8 from verse 18 and on. All of creation is subject to frailty, which is the word Matthäotis, which in the Greek means it's going to break down. There's a history to every rock, everything in creation. He didn't just be there. Have you ever wondered why those rocks are lying in the middle of the Kruger National Park, such big rocks? What is their history? There's history. Pull it back forward. There's history forward and a history backward. The end of that history that all things return to dust from which, as Dr. David Block, my friend, used to say, used to say, from which is really stardust. Now, we can get into all of that. But to take a piece of sand which is the dust, as man is dust, and to dust he shall return. But out of that dust which we're made of, he extracts our souls, and he saves us, and he takes us to heaven. The end of the wicked is a, a grave and a passage to the netherworld. Right now, people are screaming at the top of their voices because they're very much aware of it. Right now, in the inner world, they are frying in the fame. And people don't realize that, they oh, that's just a fallacy. There's no such thing as hell. A couple of people are ignorant. They've got a spectacular display of stupidity in the lack of their ignorance. They don't know what they're talking about. I have to come to a close somehow. Now let me say this to you. Worldwide. Once. Change is coming to you have endunamor kratos and ichthus resident in you. You've come to the point of Pentecost. Now how fruitful will you be from here? For the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Will you stand and give the Lord a praise offering, everybody? Come on, it's Pentecost. Shout hallelujah. Before I let you go, I want to say this to you, that tonight I have mobilized every single pastor and wife to be fasting. Today is the day of fasting. And um, they will pray for you and with you tonight. I want no man here laying hands to be like the book of Acts, chapter number 6, that after they have fasted, they appointed men full of the Holy Spirit of power, men of wisdom and insight, foresight, prophetic revelation, apostolic understanding. And there was Stephen the martyr, and there was Philip the evangelist that came out of that because they fasted, laid hands on them. That's Acts chapter number, uh, number 13 also, the church of Antioch, where they ministered unto the Lord. To, next week is going to be ministering unto the Lord in this place until God comes here to us. And the Lord is here because he is resident in you. Can you say amen? I ask, did a cross fall in your heart also? Would you wave a hand if that's you? If your name is in Christ Jesus, wave both hands. Tonight, Pentecost, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance over you, be gracious to you, give you peace and protect you on the roads. 
we shall celebrate the presence of God. The Endunamo, the Ichthus, and the Kratos in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.